Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's draft week, baby, on the Wesson Walker Show, 12 to 3. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can give your thoughts and comments, as always, on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number is 704-570-9610. And because it's draft week, I would be remiss if I did not remind everyone about the WFNZ draft party. It's happening on Thursday, of course, and this time it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis. You can join the entire crew next Thursday, April 27th at 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge from 5 to 9 p.m. You can watch as the Panthers select the new face of the franchise. You can hear the guys react to everything on draft night and check out the great prizes, the food and the drink specials, and you can watch the entire draft on multiple multiple big screen TVs. It's the 2023 WFNZ draft party from 1058 sports bar and lounge at 430 West fourth street, just across from truest field. The Panthers are on the clock and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte sports fan sports radio, 927 WFNZ. Where does the NFL draft rank as far as sports events you get hyped up the most for, because we've done this with March madness. We did this with the Super Bowl. We've done it with the start of NFL playoffs. As a kid, I was a draft junkie. Still am. Love it. It's on in the background. Doesn't matter if it's the seventh round. I want the NFL draft on in the background. Same thing with the NBA draft. I get excited. Where does this rank for you on sports events? Uh, I'm right there with you. I mean, the NFL draft is one of my favorite events of the year. I love reading mock drafts all the time. When this draft is over, I'll read the mock draft for next year. So I'm right there (laughs) with you. Oh, you're a real sicko. Oh, yeah. I definitely like to see who are the top guys. I can start identifying them earlier to see guys that will only be picked in the sixth or seventh round the next year, except for maybe two or three. But, yeah, man, I love it. If I can't watch it on TV, I'll listen to it on the radio. Mm -hmm. I discovered uh, the other day that, uh, you know, on these TVs that you buy now and stuff or, or these devices you buy, they have their own channel. So, like, Roku has its own channel. There's an NFL channel on there and they show not the NFL network and they show old NFL drafts or they've been showing old NFL oh, drafts. Oh, I love watching the, especially <laughs> the clips, especially the clips of Mel Kiper. And dude, this is the thing. I love Mel Kiper so much. And I know a lot of people go against him because he is the draft heavy guy. So if you miss, he's on ESPN, everybody's going to clown him. But there are so many of these prospects that he gets right. And then to go back and look at the little evaluations that come in as soon as the draft is in, he has a perfect break down and a lot of times he'll get it right so to see some of those evaluations come in on twitter just like little 30 minute second or minute long clips whatever those are and then that gets me hyped like all right i'm ready that's where you get what stars we got to me that's where you get the credibility because obviously it's going to be hard to predict exactly where these guys are going to go but if you're good with breaking down the player and how they can fit and things of that nature i think that's what made or that is what has made 
Mel Kuyper a legend. All right, so uh, Cowherd wrote in. He said, first round is right below a playoff game. Day three is below a preseason game. All right, I, I feel like that's preseason because then you get to see some of those draft picks out there. I can get that. I think that's a pretty yeah, good Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, I watched the draft all the way through. Yeah, well, same. Um, AC says, I missed the first three rounds being on Saturday. I would watch it all day. So, I do, too. Yeah, you do, too? So yeah. you don't like the way they broke it up? With- I do like it. It's fine, but I miss having the NFL draft to watch on sunday yeah and then you know i didn't mind how long you remember how long day one used to be it you used- sit there at 12 o'clock and it'd be over at like 8 30 yeah <laughs> i i think i don't know how i'd want it i think maybe this exact breakdown except maybe it starts on friday i don't mind it starting on thursday you know, especially for Friday radio fodder, we come in and then we have a Friday that's saved. So being in the industry, I guess it kind of helps you out a little bit more. That's but, true. But, I, but I'm with it. I'm with it all. I'm ready. I'm excited. And it's interesting, too. This is the text question that I want to send out to everybody. Again, 704-570-9610. This is what we're going to lead off with. If you were not on Team Bryce Young beforehand, one, are we just going to act like this week he's already on the team? Because we do all of these scenarios, we don't really say, okay, well, if Will Levis is the pick, then what happens with the receiver relationships? What happens in this offense? What about Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud? No, we've done all of the hypothetical scenarios going to Bryce Young. That's what we've been doing. So, one, are you just acting like he's already on the roster? And the second question that I have for you is if you were not Team Bryce beforehand have you come around to it with it looking increasingly more so like he's going to be the first overall pick have you come around on bryce young and if not who were you who do you want the panthers to select with that we'll let the bus driver get to work he's pulled up to the scene go ahead fitty let us off the bus we look good getting off the bus i got something to say Wes Bryant, how are you approaching this selection process? Are you approaching this as if Bryce Young is pretty much already on the team and we just have to go through the formality of Roger Goodell announcing at the podium that he's going to be there? Or do you think there's still a little bit of a shot? Hey, we shouldn't go ahead all in and have this in concrete that he's going to be the QB and we should still explore some of the other scenarios with Anthony Richardson, possibly CJ Stroud, having that name come out of Goodell's mouth. Well, I think we should a little bit. I don't think we should etch his name in stone just yet because, for one, the conspiracy theory that you put out that is still intriguing. Yeah. But then when I was listening to Keyshawn Johnson this morning and he was talking about how he was saying the only knock on him and he was saying the only knock he had on it because he loves it. And he mm-hmm. says he, if he were his size, being Keyshawn Johnson's size, he said he would be the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. And he said, but the thing is, he said that the height, because he was saying how people say how quarterbacks are protected now, but he was saying you still get the hit because he and Mel Kuyper were talking about it. And they were saying how the quarterback, you still go through the pain and saying people don't understand how much football players go through with the punishment and stuff. And Keyshawn was saying how when he went to uh, a New England San Francisco game of some years after he had retired and he said he was standing on the sideline and he said it sounded like a herd of horses and the field was actually shaking as the action came towards him standing on the sideline and so he was just saying that you know with him being so small that punishment and he also brought up another good point too he was saying a guy like Quentin Williams if he breaks through a double team and sticks his arm out he could pull a small quarterback like Bryce Young down as opposed to Josh Allen where or somebody like that to where that's going to be harder to do. So the only thing I would say, I say all that to say Mm -hmm. that 
I don't know if maybe at the last minute the Panthers could think about those type of scenarios and those type of things and decide to go in another direction. So that I still think he's the guy, but I won't say etch it in stone just yet. 619 number wrote in, I am not on Team Young. If the guy can't see over the top of a Honda Accord, how can he see over a 6'5 offensive line? He did it at Alabama. And he played very well, but the Honda Accord line, that's just what he wanted to write in there. 704 number also wrote in, if it's not young, it would be a big shock. Yeah, no doubt about that. It would be a big shock, I think, for me as well. And I've been on Bryce Young the entire time. That's the guy that I wanted to draft. I didn't know if he was going to be the pick. It always felt like that guy to me. As soon as they traded up to number one overall, I thought if you were to force me to choose, I I think it'd be Bryce. And that has only only been encouraged by all of the reports, all of the mock drafts that have shaped up as we approach the selection process. But C.J. Stroud, I mean, it was him and Bryce pretty neck and neck. And then we flirted a little with Richardson in the mainstream, but never was he the ultimate favorite to be that number one overall selection, according to the masses. So I've always been with Bryce. I just couldn't overlook the production. I couldn't overlook the talent. And as you mentioned, Wes, it does scare you a little bit. Like, I, I can't go in and just be 100% confident that he's going to last a long time, that he's never going to get hurt because of the stature. It's a real thing. But I've always been willing to go with that risk because the dude has been so good no matter where he's played. It doesn't matter. If he's playing with Nick Saban, Alabama, offensive line that is awesome or a little bit, yeah, not not that it was ever bad, but it's not like the offensive line was up to even Alabama standards even last year. Same thing with the wide receiver group. Usually you're producing first round picks everywhere. You know, he's got different, okay, elite players and also not so elite players, but I'm still playing at an elite level. So that's where I've always been, and it's only strengthened with how we've gone closer to the selection process. The other thing I'll ask you, Wes, do you think if he is the selection, we'll still, I guess, do the whole if thing, if that is the case, do you think he's the best win now option too, according to uh, compared to other QBs? Like if it was Stroud or Richardson, would you project the Panthers to win less games than if Bryce Young was the pick. The fact that he could be the selection, are you going to project Carolina? Okay, now they're going to win more because he's the top choice. Uh, That's a good one to put uh, plus minus wins on each quarterback. I think that he is the guy you win with the most. I think he is the guy that comes in and is ready to win now just because of all the things we talked about, the processing I've said. I think he's going to be that Andrew Luck type of quarterback where he's going to come in and be making audibles in mini camp and coming in and absorb yeah. the playbook very quickly. Uh, I, I would put probably C.J. Stroud right up under that if you talk about quarterbacks and, and winning now. Then I would probably, oh, it's tough between Levis and Richardson. Oh, I'd probably go Levis and Richardson about the same as far as what I think that they would be. See, I I think you project more wins with Bryce. I, I don't know if that should yeah. be plural. I don't, I don't know if it's just maybe one singular win. Those things are always kind of hard to dictate. But if you are talking about a rookie coming into the NFL as a QB and the hardest thing for them to adapt to is processing – But then you get the rookie that quite literally had the best S2 score of all time. The guy that might have the best processing tape we've seen in the last decade or however long you want to go. And that's the hardest thing to adapt to in the NFL. Then the arm strength 
even it's average, right? It's not a weak arm that Bryce has, but it's not an elite skill set that he has either. So I'm okay with doing the average arm uh, talent. I'm I'm cool with him coming in as the best processor and then immediately coming in and helping Carolina win games. That is the whole thread the needle thing when we talk about winning long term and winning as soon as next year, especially in a weak division, which does count for a lot. So yeah, the, the fact that Young is projected to be the pick, I absolutely think you should also project the Panthers to win more compared to any other QB you could select at number one. Yeah, it's crazy to me, though, how much arm strength is, is still a thing. Like, I know it's important, but how many strong-arm quarterbacks that we've come that, that we've seen come in and have these allegedly just superhero-like arms that struggle, that are not that good at quarterbacks? Because to me, anticipation and accuracy can make up for that. Now, maybe on a deep ball, will it hurt you every now and again? Maybe. But if you're a guy that knows the timing of the offense and knows where to go with the ball, the arm strength to me, it's not meaningless. You don't want a guy with a noodle arm. Hmm. But if you have an average arm, like I said, Joe Montana never had a spectacularly strong arm. But he always put the ball where it needed to be. His deep balls were fantastic. And to me, that's what it's about. The accuracy and the timing is where you overcome that. The, the only reason, though, and it, a lot of this, too, was what you used as a base for Anthony Richardson. It's the fact that if you just use recent history as some kind of model to pro- try to project how valuable arm strength is, Josh Allen, you learned accuracy. It's something that a lot of people didn't feel like you could teach in a short amount of time, but Josh Allen has that. Justin Herbert, monster arm, also has been a fantastic QB ever since setting foot as a starter in this league. You want to go to the best, Pat Mahomes, right? Not only is it the processing, we know how smart he is, but the dude can also throw it out of Arrowhead Stadium if he truly wants to from midfield. So you can see some of that. I will say the example to go to, C.J. Stroud was compared to Joe Burrow first and foremost. I always thought Bryce Young was the shorter Joe Burrow, the guy that just got it done, maybe not an elite skill set, or excuse me, elite traits, right, physically, but got the job done and was awesome processing, had enough speed to run away from you. You're, you're cool with his mobility, but there isn't the rocket arm. There isn't the blazing speed. Yet Joe Burrow is out here getting the AFC Championship game and getting to the Super Bowl sooner rather than later. I think Bryce Young is the short comp to Joe Burrow more so than anybody else's. Well, I think at the end of the day, you just need enough arm strength. Uh, like I said, and he's you, got that. If you have a strong arm with everything else, like a Justin Herbert, like I said, he was a very accurate quarterback coming out of Oregon. If you have that along with everything else, then fantastic. But for me, when you play like Bryce Young, you're pro- as productive as Bryce Young is, and you play, like I said, with the anticipation, with the IQ, then, like I said, I can deal with you having an average arm because, like I said, it, it's it's just all about those 100%. key factors first and foremost. Yeah, 100%. Bryce Young, talk is heavy leading up to the first round, the first overall pick coming up on Thursday. We'll continue to take your text, thoughts, and comments, 704-570-9610. Are you worried about Bryce Young's career longevity? And if so... Would you have the two number one picks with a shorter career in Carolina history when you talk about Cam Newton, Bryce Young, the comparisons there? We'll take a look at that coming up next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Welcome back to 
Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Want to get to some of these text messages in just a moment. The Garage Door Guru text line, if you will. Going to get to some of that in a moment. The question was, if you were not a fan of Bryce Young before, have we talked enough about him? Have people projected him going to Carolina enough to convince you to get on board with Bryce Young? We'll get to some of those in just a moment. I wanted to lead, though, with the man, Wes Bryant, touring campuses, touring spring games. Like, he was the Panthers meeting with every single QB prospect, number one <laughs> overall. The man is wearing an untamed Tiger t-shirt as we speak right now He's after visiting too, Clemson. Man. He is angry. I could totally see you going to the team shop, looking for something to wear. You see that, and it was a wrap. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know. I feel like I know enough about you now to where as soon as you see that t-shirt, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, that's sure. me. I actually got this from Rule 21, though. This is not a, Oh, I a thought Clemson. it was like, because you wore it after the Clemson I, stuff. No, I, had a, I got an orange Clemson shirt that I wore the other day okay. that does have an angry tiger on that as well. <laughs> just, <laughs> this is a different angry tiger. Just, just give me angry tigers. Yeah, man. Untamed. All I, I could see you as soon as you saw that. Yeah. That is the thing that you would cop. So, yes. the last spring game that you just went to, the last mm-hmm. campus you visited, you went up to Duke this mm-hmm. past weekend. You got to see your boy smiling ear to ear, talking to Riley. Yeah, Leonard, man. Talking about not only football, but his ability to hoop. I know you got to talk to Mike Elko out there. Give us some of your takeaways going to Durham. Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you right now, nobody's talking about this team. Nobody's talking about Riley Leonard. And I'm going to tell you now, a lot of people are going to be sorry they didn't uh, very soon. Because I'm pretty much there, man. I think they're going to beat Clemson to open the season. They played them on Monday night. Love it. They played them on Monday night to start the season. Duke is coming back. They returned 18 starters from a 9-4 and four football team. They decimated UCF in the bowl game. Um, you talk about Riley Leonard. Like I said, one of only three players in the country that had 11-plus rushing touchdowns and 25-plus passing. Nobody's talking about the guy. And when I tell you I told him, that he was number one in my power vote. Mm-hmm. How excited this dude got. Oh, I really? couldn't believe it. He was so excited. He was like, really? <laughs> he was like, oh, man. He started laughing. and He's like, man. He said, that's cool, man. Because he knows nobody talks about him like that. And I told him that. I said, man, people have been sleeping on you, man. I said, but I have not, man. I said, I like what you guys had to offer. But this team, like I said, and but for that reason, that's another reason I think that they have a chance to beat Clemson, and I think they have a chance to get to Charlotte next year because, like I said, 18 starters return, 9-14. and 14, But this team, they're going to have the overlooked boulder on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the, you know what I'm saying, people sleeping on them. They're going to have Clemson coming in, and, and Clemson, no matter how much, Dabo's going to try to tell them. He's going to try to tell them. He's going to yeah, be like, listen, is. you guys better be ready. <laughs> and then the players will be like, oh, it's Duke. Whatever. And they're going to walk into that madhouse on a Monday night on uh, Labor Day. And it's going to be popping in there, man. And I think that they do it. And I think, like I said, Duke is going to be right up there competing. So it, it was really fun, man. Like I said, getting to talk to Riley Leonard, getting to talk to Coach Mike Elko, which I told, did I tell you before when we talked to him at uh, Media Day, he just surprised me when he talked about how he loves Mano. No, I don't think you did. And while I was hanging out on the sideline, I actually started listening to Mano. I like Mano anyway, mm-hmm. but I just seeing Coach Elko reminded me of that. And I said, man, let me put a little, sure. little bit of Mano on. But they look good. Their offense drove down the field. Riley Leonard had two touchdowns. He had two scores on the day. So uh, I liked what I saw from him, man. Yeah, I don't know how many, right, maybe people aren't talking about him as much. Sleeping on him is a little far, right? No, I don't think. The reason I say that is because when people are talking about the team's 
in this league next year that are going to be contenders. Nobody's saying Duke. Everybody's FSU, yeah. Clemson, stuff That's like that. Nobody's saying Duke. That's fair. We'll see what Duke can do because Riley Leonard, he was awesome last year, and so was Duke. Clearly, Mike Elko should have gotten Coach of the Year, and he did. Yeah, man. And so pretty cool to hear some I'm of those takeaways. To, um, I'm trying to pitch a training camp tour like Peter King yeah. for this summer. So that, I'm trying to get that done. That'd be really cool. I'd like to see that. <laughs> we'll get our uh, we'll get our funding team on it over here yeah. to just send. We'll give Wes a tour bus. We'll have all of the bells that'd and whistles on it. That'd be fantastic. All right, last thing, too. Speaking of uh, sleeping on stuff, one of your <laughs> teases was that uh, you wanted to talk about whether you were able to stay up or would you fall asleep during the main event, the fight that you dubbed a huge fight and the rest of the nation that cares about that sort of thing. But me and Fiddy, we had no clue that a big fight was even going on this weekend. So did you stay up and watch the big fight? And what were your takeaways, your analysis on that? Oh, yeah, man, I was good. I mean, I had a lot, you know, going on that day. Uh, good things. But uh, I was I thought I was going to be tired uh-huh. when the fight came on. They fought pretty early, too, because the fight before that uh, went pretty quick. And so they ended up starting to uh, the walkouts were like 11.05. I was shocked. I was just thinking like 11.40, something like that. You know, had me a little bit of Avion tequila. Oh, so the, you made a night out of it. In the privacy of my own home. Mm-hmm. And I was chilling, and I was good, man. I didn't get sleepy once. And uh, I was just sitting there hanging out, watching the fight. Man, I enjoyed it. There were a lot of stars out there. Did you the fight deliver? It was pretty good, man. I mean, the, the second round was really good because Garcia landed some shots on Tank. It looked like Tank, because Tank had to grab him and hold him a couple of times because he hit him with a few shots. And I was like, man, I was like, we might have an upset. Oh, I snuck in a couple of bets right before the fight started. How did that work out for you? <laughs> not so well? It did not work out good. I mm. picked the two biggest odds. The two biggest odds were Garcia. I was going for Tank, but Garcia knocking him out in the first round and Garcia knocking him. Uh, no, Garcia winning the fight in the first and the 12th, they had like crazy high odds. If I bet 25 on one, so that would have won me a thousand dollars. And then the 12th round would have won me 1500. So, you know, I just decided to have a little fun with it. You, you were know? drinking tequila. You were feeling <laughs> That's good. That's what I'm saying. You really good. Let's so make yeah, it more but then Tank. Uh, and the crazy part was, Tank hit him with a body shot. You didn't even see it. That ended the fight. He threw a couple of jabs and backed into the corner, and then he took a knee. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was watching it with me. She said, he did the Kaepernick. Yeah. She said, he did the Colin Kaepernick. Jack, t- uh, Jack <laughs> texted in and said, no way that shot should have kneeled him. Man, like please. That. If you'd have seen it in <laughs> slow motion, especially with the punching power that Tank has, he caught him right in his breastplate right there on his ribs. No, thank Woo, you. Blood no. came out of his nose when he hit him in his ribs. Here, I like, oh, man, Jack texted in <laughs> quite a bit. We all love it. That's just, it's it's funny to see. No. <laughs> way it should have kneeled him down like that like and he's bleeding out of his well let's let's do a different animal yeah jack let's do an experiment let (laughs) let me see if i can hit you with a hard body shot and then let's see if you can keep going i'm good well easy tiger we're we're hoping uh, that means something different now with this untamed tiger t-shirt he's got speaking of taking body blows we're hoping bryce young can do that throughout his career yes we are going to have that conversation i did want to get to quite a few text messages before we really start to dive in the potential length of a bryce young career we'll pack jay says, I've never been on the Bryce Young bandwagon. I was a CJ guy, but the test scores have swayed me away a bit. Obviously, I don't get to interview and speak with these guys. I'm still not convinced that Bryce will be the best QB to come out of the draft due to physical limitations. I will just have to trust the Panthers scouting and coaches staff to get it right. CJ said, I've been Bryce since day one. Let's go. Cowherd said, I was team Hendon Hooker nine months ago. I was team CJ after the Georgia game. 
I was 50-50 young Stroud after the Natty. I am team young now. Became 100% sold after the S2 score. Quick question for you. Do you think that, I heard something interesting the other day. Do you think that if Hendon Hooker hadn't have gotten hurt, that he would have been the number one pick of this draft? No, I don't think so. Because I heard somebody, they were talking about that the other day. I think he definitely would have been the clear, maybe not the clear cut, but I think it would have been a battle for him and Stroud at two. But I think he would have gotten number one pick consideration because you think of the way his season was going. It was great. If he would have kept it moving, he would have had a ridiculous year. Maybe what well, the South Carolina game took him out of the Heisman talk. But I'm just saying that I think he would have been in the mix, but I still think Bryce Young would have overcome it. Uh, yeah, and I just think for Hendon Hooker, too, he, people, whether you care about it or not, teams care about his age. He's an old guy. I mean, he's been in the college game for a long time. You're talking about, what, a difference between four years? I mean, think about that. We're hoping Bryce Young is already cooked. At four, it cooked is in a ready product, not sure. done. <laughs> but we are we think of Bryce Young four years from now being the same age that Hendon Hooker is now, and we're hoping like he's ready to go by then. We should be competing with Super Bowls. That is a big difference. Yeah. I, I know people will brush it off their shoulders and act like it's not a big deal, but that does matter, especially contractually. All right, now you're getting to your second year QB contract. You hope to be paying a guy that is 25, 26 at that point with, with Hendon Hooker. You're talking about close to 30. Like, this is a big deal. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd be number one, but I like him, and I hope he has success wherever he goes. I've seen as high as 16 for Washington. Let's go to a couple of other texts real quick. 704 said, because two firsts and a huge salary isn't as good as this salary, you're as bad. Oh, okay. Um, is he giving you a riddle? Yeah, he was given. Then he didn't like the station. <laughs> he said we're as bad a station uh, as we are in the town. So he didn't like what we were talking about with Bryce Young. Fair okay. enough. 980 number said, do people not remember how small Drew Brees was? Yeah, but I mean Bryce Young is even smaller than that, and so like that's it's okay to have this conversation about is this somebody you trust? I'm telling you, I've been wanting to get him number one overall, uh, get him the number one overall selection this entire time. But it's still okay to talk about because it's pretty unprecedented the fact that he is this small. Going to a couple of other texts real quickly before we move on. Um, are we worried about Young's career long term? This is from Steve Carolina Cat. Yes, look at Cam. After his first few years, I thought we were set at QB for the next 10, 12 years. They definitely play a different style, but just like Cam, it only takes one hit to derail everything. Now, completely different bodies, okay? Could not be any more different. Cam was an absolute unicorn at the position then. Bryce Young is absolutely not anywhere close to that. But we are talking about something very similar, despite them having different body types, right? Cam took a beating. The guy was used as a powerful running quarterback that could also throw downfield. And we saw Cam actually become the other definition of Cook that I just talked about with Bryce. He gave us eight good years here in Carolina. He gave us a, a nice playoff appearance in 2017. Might be the best game we've ever seen from him, certainly throwing the football. One of the best rushing QBs that has ever played this game, certainly in the red zone. The dude racked up a million different touchdowns. We'll always have the MVP season. You'll take that every single situation you can get. What you got from Cam Newton at number one overall, getting to a Super Bowl. With Bryce Young, you're not worried about running him into the ground. You're just hoping that he doesn't take a couple of huge hits that end up being problematic for his career. Like, would you take eight good years like you got from Cam? With Bryce Young, the answer is yes. I'm still taking those eight years from Bryce. I just find it interesting that Carolina could be in a situation here, Wes, where you have two number one overall picks. 
Cam Newton started to wear down in a much different way, but Bryce Young could also wear down because of his size. Like, that's a realistic, that is a legitimate concern to have, and it would be interesting that both of these guys, number one overall, just happen to play for the Panthers organization. Yeah, I mean... Because you're still taking it, right? Yeah, you have to because you want the production and you want, like I said, to be able to go to a Super Bowl is the end all be all. Any guy that you draft, if you say this guy is going to lead you to a Super Bowl, you'll take him. Even if he's going to play three or four years, you're going to sign up for that. That hit, I mean, a lot of people point to the hit that he took from T.J. Watt. I mean, that takes out a lot of guys. Now, I don't know if. Bryce Young took that hit. It probably have his arm laying up in the bleachers somewhere. You know, if he <laughs> takes that hit. But I mean, a quarterback, no matter what their size is, is one hit away. But I get it with Bryce. A lot of people say that. But I just keep pointing back to the fact that this guy just didn't become his size after he left Alabama. He's been this size his entire life. I'm sure when he went to the SEC, there were these same questions out there. I'm sure that. Alabama fans and SEC fans looked at him and said, man, no way that small quarterback is going to be able to make it in the SEC. He's not going to be able to take the hits and the physicality. He dominated the league for two years. So, again, I I just keep pointing back to that fact. He's heard this all before. He's been through this. He talked about it on the pivot. He said there's not been one situation I can think of where my size wasn't questioned. He knows full well what can happen. And as far as what I said earlier about what Keyshawn Johnson said about him being pulled down, I mean, I'm not really buying into that too much because it's the same type of story in the SEC. His pocket presence is all that. And I don't think he's going to go down off of, of, of the pull of a jersey because I think he's a strong kid. Regardless if he's small, he can still be stronger than he looks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, it's just not a big problem for me the way he plays the game, man. Just... Give me all of that. I'll take it. No, and, and again, I, I do want to make this clear. Same here, right? We mm-hmm. are taking the risk while also acknowledging what the risk actually is, taking him number one overall. And so when you talk about Cam Newton and Bryce Young, despite the 180-degree turn you have to take to get to one body or the other, with Bryce Young being 5'10", a little over it, barely 200 pounds, Cam Newton being this the first true crazy freak at that size, right? Like, it's insane what he was able to do at Auburn and then come here to Carolina. There's a few different things people are pointing out. Big Cat Dan said, they failed to give Cam a good offensive line. That's the difference. I think that's a fair point. You also have people writing in, whenever you talk about Cam's injury history, people will point out that his big-time injuries actually came in the pocket. They weren't with him running free or taking a huge hit where he would actually force the defender to lay backwards, right? It was him getting those extra yards. It wasn't all of that that you would have the big injury. The big injuries would come inside the pocket. Now, I would argue clearly there's this wear and tear factor when you do have at least 90 rush, uh, rushing attempts every season. 90 is the lowest amount of rushing attempts he ever had in that first eight-year stint with Carolina. So that's going to be a wear and tear thing. But that's correct. But also, doesn't that concern you, right? If we're talking about hits in the pocket were the big injuries for a body like Cam, who's insane, then it's the hits in the pocket also that you might be worried puts Bryce Young out for a little bit, right? Like you, we, we can also try to attribute the in-pocket injuries to somebody that is much smaller than Cam, and that might scare you. Um, one other one, somebody wrote in, this is what forces Carolina to continue to invest in a strong offensive line, and I totally agree with that. I think with Bryce Young probably being the number one overall pick, 
you can never look the other way on offensive line. Like, hey, are we good there? Cool. Now we can address everything else. But you got to make sure you're investing up front. Well, I think you have to do that regardless. I get it. I mean, what, if you have a 6'4 quarterback, you're going to say, uh, well, you know, we could use some offensive linemen, but whatever. Our quarterback's big. We can we can afford different to let a few guys through. You, so not even different emphasis, though? Like you're nah, still saying it doesn't I mean, you want to protect your quarterback to the utmost at all costs, no matter who you have back there. If you have a franchise guy or a, a middle of the pack or whatever you have, yeah. you want to protect them at all costs. I mean, you just look at some of the short quarterbacks that have made it. Of course, Russell Wilson's been a little bit uh, – he was a little thicker than Bryce Young coming out. But, I mean, you look at so many guys. I mean, Mike Vick was not a big guy coming out of school, and he definitely had a rugged style that kind of landed him on the injury list a time or two. But he wasn't – Vick was like 205. Uh, you talk about – I looked up, I did see old school Eddie LeBaron in the 60s. All right. Played at 5'7". But he was, uh, he was a big-time player, Hall of Famer. He made four Pro Bowlers. So, uh, no, he's in the Redskins ring of fame – that was what they were called then, and he made four Pro Bowls. Doug Flutie at five ten, he played twelve seasons, four teams, but he made the Pro Bowl in ninety eight. He was a comeback player of the year one year. So, like I said, it couldn't be done. And there's always uh, outliers in this game. And so for me, with Bryce Young, it's just going to have to be something that you take a risk on, and you mm-hmm. just have to live with the results. But I think, like I said, this is a guy. Short guys know I've been short. I've been small all my life. These are big guys out here coming to hit me. I need to protect mm-hmm. myself. It's not like he's going to be trying to run over middle linebackers and doing stuff that Josh Allen does. We'll continue to talk about his size, I'm sure. <laughs> Number one overall pick. Yeah, stay tuned the next couple of days. Also, stay tuned for the upcoming segment. Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer writes for the Charlotte 49ers. Find him on the Highway 49 podcast. He was just at the Charlotte 49ers spring game this past weekend. What were his takeaways? QB drama, all that good stuff with Hunter. And for the next two segments, stay tuned. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs> This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And in the studio now, we have Hunter Bailey, Charlotte 49ers beat writer and Highway 49 podcast. Here to talk about the Charlotte 49ers spring game. Everybody ready to see what they're going to look like under head coach Biff Pogey. I talked about and gave a little bit of a preview on Friday. Main thing that we talked about was the size, the transfers on the offensive line because Coach Pogey talked about how he wants his team to be physical. Don't look for uh, 65 passes a game. They want to run the ball and be physical. So my first question is, how did they look, the offensive line, and could you immediately tell uh, a size difference with this team and then pass teams under Coach Healy? Definitely. Uh, there's some some big guys up front this year. 
They added, I think it was eight offensive line transfers, like five or six of which are 310 pounds or more. Uh, the leader of that group, Kevin Williams, transferring him from Nebraska. He was actually the number one pick um, in the spring game draft. Uh, so bigger bodies, more depth. And as far as that goes, I mean, they ran for well over 100 yards. Shad Bird had a 100-yard game. Hashan Wilson had, I think it was a 75-yard game. Uh, so good start, definitely for big big guys up front. Was it boring? My bad. Was it was it boring or because it's like if you're handing the ball off a lot, I just didn't know how how boring it would be. Look, I want all the wins. Give me all the boring gameplay you want if that's going to lead to victories. But what what was it like compared to other spring games that you've seen? Oh, uh, boring. Maybe, maybe. Is that too strong? Oh, all right. So last year, last year, right, was the Will Healy MC game, right? And that's when he was literally just handing the mic to people. Grant DeBose was talking that talk. Yeah. I mean, so that was <laughs> more fun. But uh, this one was more like, let's see what's up because we haven't seen. Like, let's see Jalen Jones. Let's see Xavier Williams. Let's see some of these new four and five star recruits. So boring, maybe sort of. I'm sorry. Lot, that was too strong. A I lot of what, runs. Yeah. Okay. But. <laughs> Still, still like impactful like, <laughs> because they already they also have three returning starters on that line and three other guys with experience. So is it safe to say this is easily going to be their strongest unit? I'm not ready to say that yet. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, you look at all the talent they brought in. I want to see them all on the actual line together. So this spring game draft, it was like everyone was split up. So you you got to see a little bit of the individuals, but you didn't get to see a, a finished product for sure. Okay, so Coach Poggi called quarterback Jalen Jones outstanding, dynamic. He called him a showstopper. Those are strong words. Now, in the NFL, they call guys franchise quarterbacks, but has Charlotte found a program quarterback now? Because those are some big, uh, that's some big superlatives. The way that he was talking after that, I mean, he did everything but say this is our quarterback. And then freshman four-star running back Darrell Robinson came up mid-interview and said QB1. They shared a moment together. Mm. What? <laughs> Everything from that points to Jalen Jones is the guy. I want to see more. I mean, we saw seven passes, and they were playing basically two-hand touch with a quarterback. So we didn't get to see too much of that running ability. He did say some of the tackles he would have ran through. And just, like, overall, it was a good performance. But, I mean, still, we've seen seven passes. From yeah, yeah I, if a player... It's different with the NFL because you have pressure all around. Hey, can he be a number one QB? Can he be a franchise? But with a player at Charlotte where there are legitimately a few QBs that could take this spot, especially with Xavier Williams, when he stepped in, you know, he did a nice job last year and apparently did not play very well at the very beginning of the spring game. Hunter, I know yeah. you're making a face. Yeah, so three of five for 20 yards and a score. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. and so Jalen Jones, he looks to be that guy, which will be interesting. I know Foster also, you know, still in the mix here, but it'll be very interesting. Go check out Hunter Bailey's article, by the way, on the Charlotte Observer. Hunter underscore Bailey 45 is where you can find his work when you look on Twitter. And so just looking at some of the biggest strengths for this team. I, I know you said you're not ready to say what position group has the biggest strength quite yet. What are some of the things you're worried about, though, going into next year, Hunter? I think, I mean, following following a year ago, you're still worried about the defense, right? They keep talking about this defense is going to be elite. They added a five-star, seven four-stars, and four three-stars just to the defense. So when you look at that, it's like, all right, this is a lot different for Charlotte football, but how are these guys going to come together? Um, talked a little bit last time I talked with you guys about Dante Balfour. We got C.J. Burton from Boston College. Both of those guys have played some college football, 
but neither of them have been extremely successful or have a lot going in that realm. So my thing is like, this is prove it time for them. They have to Mm. show that they're solid corners because this group's definitely going to get tested. Let me talk about another spring game that had an effect on Charlotte, even if it wasn't Charlotte's spring game. And that's what Elijah Spencer did at Minnesota. So in case you don't know, Spencer was probably the best recruit Will Healy ever got. Am I wrong on that? Emmer DeBose. Yeah, well, and DeBose was awesome. But Spencer, too, like being such a young contributor, this guy had nine catches for 120 yards and a touchdown at Minnesota during the spring game. Big-time stats. We can expect some big-time things from him in Minnesota's program. Where does that leave the wide receiver depth for this year's team? Even if they're going to be run heavy, is that something we should still be concerned about? I think so, and I think that's something that they should address in the portal. Uh, We saw a little bit from Jack Astero. Like I say, it was so mix and match, it was kind of hard to tell specifically who was really going to be a contributor, Contributor, but I've heard a lot of good about Hestera. Jalen Jones said he's their little Cooper Cup. He's a Swiss Army knife. He knows how to get open, and he does it very well. He scored on like a 13-yard reverse. It was the game's only trick play, and it was the only thing that really wasn't super vanilla they mm-hmm. made. Jalen said they ran about 25% of their playbook, only in 11 personnel. Defense ran three coverages. Like, it was... Mm. It was a spring game, and they. Uh, but as far as receivers go, Jaden Bradley from Pittsburgh looks solid. Um, really, after that, Jack Reynolds actually kind of showed out. Two catches on two targets, and he actually had the catch of the night on Jalen Jones' best throw of the night. Uh, so I would expect to see him in spurts this season, but I definitely think they need to address receiver depth for sure. And then going to probably what was the star of the game, or one of the stars of the game, Shadrick Bird. Uh, he was the all. Conference USA selection as a freshman, as far as the all freshman team, honorable mention in 2022 and 2021 as a, as a kick returner. He went over 100 yards uh, in that spring game, got a score. Is this a guy that's ready to emerge as a star in this coming season? I think Shad Bird is a great back, and you can use him in a lot of different ways. I don't really know with the running backs, and here's why. Okay, so they have Darrell Robinson, who I mentioned earlier, four star back, and Poji said that we didn't even see Darrell Robinson. He had three carries for negative eight yards. Every time he touched the ball, he was getting hit by two or three people in the backfield. It was like, it was a rough, it was a rough night for him. Um, and then, so Shad, Darrell, and then it sounds like there's more help on the way uh, with a former, actually Harding alum, played his ball at Tennessee two years there. Oh, he's talk- going back to running back? And he's going back to running back? That's what it sounds like. Oh. oh. I'm telling you right now. Hey, you know that's the best high school prospect. I, Drake sure. May, Crouch. <laughs> I don't care if it's your fifth transfer team. Come on, Crouch. Yeah. Bring that Harding six skill two, set back. 6'2", 240? Like, this is a yeah. bowling ball. That's a Big Ten running back. Well, I thought he should have stayed at running back anyway. I never liked the fact that he went and was like, oh, well, in the NFL, I'll make more money as a linebacker. Like, come on, man. So, and Shadrick Bird did not score, but he did have 100 yards. But, no, that's interesting that Crouch is going to come there. Is he Is he in there yet? Is He He was at the spring game. He was on campus a couple days before for a visit. It's not for sure, but I think the signs are kind of pointing at that right now. Okay, we're going to hold it right there, and we're going to keep it there. Then when we come back, we'll talk more about this and more on the Charlotte 49ers program, and we'll talk some basketball as well with Hunter Bailey, Charlotte 49ers beat writer. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.